Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, and our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book, Men Alive. Dr. Jim. Paul, today I'm introducing an important issue that is considered difficult but is not adequately addressed and it directly affected seven men in the Bible. Abimelech, Samson, King Saul, King Saul's armor-bearer, Ahithophel, Zimri, and Judas. What was the one thing these seven men had in common? That last name, Judas, was a good clue, Jim. All those men, Samson, King Saul, Judas, ended their life by committing suicide. Suicide is a huge worldwide problem. Sources like the World Health Organization estimate close to one million people die by suicide every year. The world's highest suicide rates are reported in Lithuania and Russia. The highest rates in Africa are Lesotho, Swaziland, South Africa, and Zimbabwe. But before we go further, let's review the seven men in the Bible who committed suicide. First, Abimelech. In Judges chapter 9, he deceitfully murdered 70 relatives to gain the throne of Israel. Then he burned 1,000 people to death who had sought refuge in a tower. When he approached the entrance in a second town to set it on fire, Bible says a woman dropped an upper millstone on his head and cracked his skull. Hurriedly he called to his armor-bearer, Draw your sword and kill me, so that they cannot say a woman killed him. So his servant ran him through, and he died. Abimelech committed suicide, defeated with a sense of wounded pride. Second, Samson. In Judges 16:19-30, Samson was supposed to be the Lord's servant, but he kept rebelling against God. This led to a betrayal by Delilah. He was captured by the Philistines, had his eyes gouged out, and then was chained like an animal to a millstone. After failing so badly to obey God, he had one final request of God to partially redeem himself. He asked God for enough strength to push aside the two pillars holding up the Philistine temple. Samson killed more in his death than he did in his lifetime. His suicide was an act of desperation with a sense of revenge. Third and fourth are King Saul and his armor-bearer, both at the same time in 1 Samuel 31. After Saul's desperate consultation with a witch, his army suffered a huge defeat. His three sons were killed. Saul was in deep physical pain from his wound and had an overwhelming sense of failure. His heartbroken armor-bearer was in a state of hopelessness at not being able to protect his king. Their personal loss was staggering, so they both fell on their swords. Saul committed suicide in defeat with a sense of failure, his armor-bearer in distress with a sense of loss. Fifth was Ahithophel in 2 Samuel 17.3. Some historical records indicate Ahithophel may have been the grandfather of Bathsheba. If true, he would have been distressed at King David arranging the murder of Uriah, his grandson, by marriage. 
This may have caused his switch in allegiance to Absalom, the first son of King David and perceived heir to the throne, but when Absalom's rebellion was underway, Ahithophel's council was overruled. So he went home, set his house in order, and hung himself in disgrace with a sense of disappointment. Number six is Zimri in 1 Kings 16, 18-19. He was involved in a conspiracy against Elah, the reigning king of Israel. Zimri murdered him and ruled in his place for seven days. But his army did not accept him as king and attacked his city. Zimri saw that the city was taken in disappointment with the impending defeat. He went to the king's house and burned the house over him with fire and died, disheartened and with a sense of rejection. And seventh was Judas in Matthew 27, 3-5. Judas lived with Jesus, the incarnate Son of God, who loved him and discipled him for three years. Judas handled money matters for the disciples. When he left the Last Supper to betray Jesus, the disciples thought he was going to pay the bill for the food. After the crucifixion of Christ, the Jewish leaders refused to accept his confession of betraying an innocent man, so Judas hung himself in despair, driven by a sense of guilt. In our SSTS text, Standing Strong Through the Storm, We talk about our enemy, Satan, and how he seeks to destroy us. In the English language, most of what our adversary does starts with the letter D, so we refer to the devil as the D-man. As I listen to your description of the emotional condition of these seven men who committed suicide in the Bible, I heard more D-words. You said they felt defeated, desperate, distressed, disgraced, dejected, depressed, and filled with despair. The most important lesson is they lost all hope. One can live 40 days, they say, without food, three days without water, a few minutes without oxygen, but only a few seconds without hope. You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. You can receive a free PDF of our new devotional book, Live the Jesus Way, by sending Dr. Jim an email at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Jim, Proverbs 13.12 in the message quotes Solomon saying, Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heartsick, but a sudden good break can turn life around. That's true because we know Solomon got discouraged. He was one of three men in the Bible recorded as being deeply discouraged, but he did not lose hope in God. Listen to what Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 2.17. So I hated life because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. All of it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. I hated all the things I had toiled for under the sun because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. He sounds discouraged to me. Solomon tried everything in life, money, wealth, power, sex, and he had a full sense of the vanity of life pursuing one's own agenda. But while he recognized the futility of these things, he still retained his faith in God. That gave him hope. He did not commit suicide. Jonah was another man who was discouraged. God called him to prophesy destruction against Israel's evil enemy, the Assyrians. But the Assyrians repented, and God spared them much to Jonah's displeasure. 
He was so discouraged that he wanted to die. But God graciously restored him and encouraged him to see the story through God's sovereign eyes. One more, Jim. Job was likely more discouraged than anyone could imagine. Our adversary, Satan, was permitted by God to test Job and take away everything Job possessed, his wealth, family, prestige, and his health, but not to kill him. Job's wife suggested that he should just curse God and commit suicide, but he didn't. That makes Job's story different from the first seven who did take their life. Some listeners have experienced a loss by suicide in their family. Suicide thoughts occur when one loses all hope. One young man found satisfaction in doing or saying whatever he knew his Christian parents would disapprove. From early childhood into his teen years, the urge to rebel, get away, and live his own life increased until he gained legal status as an adult and moved out of the home that nurtured and protected him for those same years. The challenges increased. Soon he had addiction issues, financial issues, and housing issues. Life became more difficult. He isolated himself from any assistance offered by family or former church friends. Discouragement led to depression that led to despair with no apparent way out. So he chose to end his life by committing suicide. But suicide is not a one-time personal choice. This tragic decision affects family members and friends on every anniversary date related to his life. Our decisions affect more people than we will ever realize here on earth. Life is sacred. Those who commit suicide are usually filled with despair and loss of hope. The World Health Organization claims for every successful suicide there are 25 unsuccessful attempts. Men tend to be more successful at suicide than women for they tend to use guns or a hanging. Women often use an overdose of drugs or slash their wrists as a desperate cry for help rather than a desire to die. So Jim, what do we say to a listener who has a sense of failure like Saul or a sense of hopelessness like Samson or a deep sense of guilt for a wrongdoing like Judas? Get help as quickly as possible. God so loved the world he sent his only son, Jesus of Nazareth, that whoever believed he was the Passover lamb of God should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life, and that life more abundantly. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Suicide? Never. A dead body can neither enjoy nor experience God's good and acceptable and perfect will. Choose to be a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. The person who suffered the most was Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He felt forsaken by his heavenly Father and also forsaken by his closest earthly friends, his disciples. As the Holy Son of God in the flesh, he knew the physical suffering he was about to endure. But even greater anguish was the fact that he had to take on the sin of the whole world, including everyone listening today. 
Hebrews 12.2 says, We are to be looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Aren't you glad Jesus completed his assignment just the way his Father intended? There you have it, men. The words of Jeremiah fit here in closing. He wrote, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Remember to order your free PDF copy of our new offer, Live the Jesus Way, Following and Living the Teaching of Our Master. Request it at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. Visit our website at goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to become men alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. <laughs>